Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about the ways we can measure our growth, the measure of mind training, really, the ways we can measure our growth. And I'm going to uh, start with reading from you a passage from The Power of Mind by Kendrell Lodrote about measuring our growth. He says, and I quote, Mind training practice transforms the way we think and act. To be proficient means the training becomes our direct experience. But how do we gauge our progress? By our own experience. If we practice love, compassion, and wisdom consistently, over time our reactions to people and situations will change. As love and compassion increase, selfishness and other disturbing emotions decrease. The teachings in in this section are designed to help us recognize signs of progress and instill confidence that we are practicing correctly. So we then go into what I'm going to talk about now is from the Lojong teachings. And there's a section of the Lojong slogans that is uh, known as four ways to measure growth, four ways to measure growth. So these Four, we're going to talk about all four of them today. These four slogans are intended to help us measure our growth, help us see where our training is taking us, see that it is taking us somewhere. See that it's taking us somewhere. Uh, some people have this view that if you if you're talking about teachings like these, you shouldn't talk about goals. And I don't know where that comes from, but I I don't agree that we shouldn't talk about goals. I think that's a weird thing because we're doing this to stop suffering, right? At the very least. So is goal-oriented from the beginning. So our goal is to grow. Our job is to grow and to manifest more love, compassion, and wisdom and attentiveness in our lives. That's, That's our goal. And these are ways that we can measure how these mind training teachings are helping us. Okay? So, the first slogan of these four, the first way to measure growth is all dharmas have a single unified purpose. All dharmas have a single unified purpose. Now, dharmas, well, in this case, these are the teachings, the spiritual teachings that we are studying and maybe the practices we're doing too. So, a single purpose. So, whatever practices we're doing have just one purpose. Taming our minds. Taming our minds. And we will see results when we practice diligently. We will see results. Our attachment to the self will decrease, which will cause us to be less controlled by disturbing emotions, which will then cause us to suffer less. And when we suffer less, we are going to do less things that harm others and ourselves. 
We will expand our love and our compassion, and our thoughts and actions will become more positive. If we don't notice these things happening, that's a sign that something's wrong with our practice. Either we aren't being diligent enough or we are somehow practicing incorrectly. And if you're in that situation, I would say um, the, the first step is, of course, try practicing more and see what happens. But then if that doesn't seem to be improving, then yes, you're going to, I think, seek out a teacher and seek out someone who can help you. Someone else who practices this, who maybe has been doing it longer than you or someone else that can help you. And so uh, I'm going to read to you a passage now from The Power of Mind by Kendra Lodrote about this subject. He says, and I quote, Hearing teachings on love, compassion, and wisdom is not enough, nor is it enough to merely appreciate these qualities. Even contemplating the teachings will not be enough to bring about radical change if they are not taken to heart. Although hearing the teachings and contemplating their meaning are indispensable to cultivating practice, we need to take one more important step. We need to join the meaning of the teaching to all experiences. This is what it means to practice, to experience the teachings by merging them with our mind. If we practice the teachings, the Dharma will infuse our hearts and our enthusiasm for study and practice will be unending. When we hear a teaching we've heard before, rather than feeling bored, a new level of understanding will unfold. Because our mind is open, the teaching will reinforce and deepen whatever experience of it we already have. The Dharma is like ambrosia, an elixir for the mind. Each time we taste it, it refreshes us, nourishes us, and tames our negative emotions, the sole purpose of practice. End quote. So, He's saying, we're going to see the benefits and it's really going to do something for us and help us make it easier for us on the path. And also, sometimes we need a reminder that this is not, we're not doing, we're not studying these teachings just to learn about teachings, but rather we want to embody this in our lives. So this, this is a path of action and not, not merely a path of contemplation. And I think sometimes we need to remember that. Okay, so the second way to measure growth is of the two witnesses rely on the primary one. So the two witnesses are yourself and others. As we work on our growth, our actions will shift. The people in our lives will notice if we're becoming more mindful, more loving, and more compassionate, and other people can see the impact of our training. But while that is the case, Others can see it. You are the only true judge of your progress. You know if you're letting yourself get away with things. And you know if you're becoming less obsessed with yourself. You know if you're doing this for the right reasons. You know. And I'm going to read to you another Little passage from The Power of Mind by Kendrell Lodrote. It is, and I quote, To witness our own mind, we need an unconventional level of self-reflection and honesty. So in every situation, look at your expectations, hopes, and attachments. Examine the degree 
to which your actions are motivated by loving kindness and compassion for others. So, end quote. So to do this, also though, we need to take a really honest look at ourselves. Really honest. Um, we can't get a, let ourselves get away with things. We can't deceive ourselves as well as we could before. That will not do. Self-deception will not do on this path. We have to see ourselves very clearly and really understand our, our shortcomings. Those are the things that are hard to face, our shortcomings, right? We have to really understand ourselves. So, how can we do this? We can reflect on our intentions regularly and judge whether they match the teachings, whether they are in line with love and compassion. If our intentions and actions match the teachings, then we will suffer less and our minds will be at peace. So, uh, the third way to measure growth is always keep a joyful mind. Well, that sounds like a good thing to do, right? Thinking positively and looking for things to appreciate. But he, he's really, what we're really expressing here, though, is we're going to find more joy in our lives. Just as we're going to find more more compassion, more wisdom, we're going to find more joy. And so if you're practicing this and you're still really miserable, well, that would be something something to think about. Something's wrong in the practice. If you're, if you're meditating every day and you're still really unhappy, if you're uh, doing Tonglen practice and generating kindness for others, kindness and compassion for others, and you're still just completely miserable, that's something, that's something to look at. That's something to reflect on. And I'm going to um, just read to you a little bit from the book from what he says about this. He says, and I quote, When we begin to train our mind, the negative thoughts and emotions are so strong they override the practice. Though we may apply the trainings when we face adversity, our mind will still be disturbed because our practice hasn't yet gained sufficient strength but persevere. Apply the teachings again and again, and over time, the strength of positive thoughts and emotions will gain traction until, eventually, the scales will tip. Positive mental states will be much stronger than negative ones. Once we reach this stage, we will begin to experience joy continuously. End quote. So, we should be finding more happiness in our lives. We should be able to appreciate things and look for the positive more often. And that's a way we can measure our, pro- our progress is just by noticing that we're happier. And so the fourth way to measure our progress is there is proficiency if we can train while distracted. So... We struggle in meditation and especially in the beginning if we're, say, in a noisy-ish situation. If there's something 
around that makes it less than ideal, you know, and especially when we first, when I first started meditating, I was looking for that perfect circumstance, like where it's quiet, there's not a lot going on. I don't have anything I have to do right away. And also I feel like it, all those things. I was waiting for all those things to line up and the world's distracting sometimes. And that's okay. That's the way the world is. And what we want to learn how to do is, is still do our meditation when things aren't perfect. My temple, the Rime Center, the old location, which is no longer used for the Rime Center, but the old location was right next to a fire station. And so because it was right next to a fire station, a lot of the time, nothing would happen. But sometimes there'd be fire trucks leaving the fire station with their sirens on and everything while we were trying to meditate. While we were trying to meditate. And, you know, that some people got really frustrated with that. And sometimes I got frustrated with it. But the truth is that the world's a distracting place. And I think that actually helped us in our practice. It actually helped us. At some point, we are going to start coming from a place of wisdom, compassion, and love with ease. We're not going to have to work so hard to cultivate these things, but at the same time, maybe working hard won't bother us so much also, but we're going to stumble and fall less. We just have to keep at it and do the mind training and we are going to stumble and fall less and our lives are going to be better and the lives of the people around us will be better too. We just have to be diligent and we have to really take it seriously. And the things that make us not want to take it seriously and the things that make us not want to be diligent those are all our self-clinging. It's self-clinging if I don't want to go meditate today because that sounds boring. That is self-clinging. I am clinging to my idea of not being born. That's clinging to that idea. And that's a form of self-clinging. There are all sorts of forms of self-clinging and they don't make us happy. And this is to help Hold ourselves loosely. Hold ourselves loosely and not take everything so seriously all the time. So that's it for today. And I hope this talk has been helpful. Have a good day. Thank you for listening and have a good day.